Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and gamers of all ages. Prepare your ear holes for the ranting of our host. Well, thank you for that introduction, Sally. That was nice of you. You're welcome. She's already given me the introduction, but it is me, Game Goblin, your host. The other guys are out this week, and I apologize for releasing this episode a little bit later than normal. There are events, of course, taking place across the world and the internet, which are kind of distracting everybody from the world of entertainment. So that kind of makes things a mite bit difficult, doesn't it? Anywho, um, this is the parlor special episode. Uh, Call it what you will. I don't care. It's fun, and as usual, this is going to be uncensored, unscripted, unprepared. The usual stuff. And it seems to be, lately, there's a lot of people running off to a new site called Parlor, which, for some strange reason, is supposed to be the cesspit of the internet right after a certain other place, where there's just posting a plenty going on and no filters whatsoever. I checked out Parlor myself, and it seems to be actually rather surprisingly, kind of like a internet party going on right now. I, I just signed up my uh, my personal account the other day, and it's not related to the Blunt Force Gamers site at all, and or Blunt Force Gamers account, any of that stuff, because you know management stuff behind the scenes. And the strange part is, is like all sorts of people are just like communicating with me right out of the gate, like a party. Like I just walked in and somebody who I would have no association with whatsoever away from the microphone has just handed me a freaking beer. And that is awesome. There's like no cancel culture going on there. You got people from all walks. You've got neoconservatives, you've got gamers, you've got neolibs. You've got the the crazy guy in Montana who's laughing in his bunker right now because of Corona Chan. And they're all just having a hoot. You know, they're all just saying what they have on their mind. And they're like, uh, we can disagree. And that's about as confrontational as it gets right now that I've noticed so far as people are just agreeing to disagree. There's no shouting, no cancel, no hashtag, this guy's got to go kind of stuff. And the weird part is, is, of course, this is a gaming channel, so I was like, this is really interesting because what's going on with Parler and Twitter right now is predominantly pretty much the same thing going on in the culture of gaming. Uh, in case you've missed the news recently, there was an artist uh, with Wizards of the Coast, and she was let go after a very long, very mutually beneficial agreement between her and the corporation. And the reason was, is she was following people that they didn't agree with. Okay, so that's bullshit in my book right off the bat. It's not that she was making any posts that were inflammatory. It's not that she was saying anything that was inflammatory or misrepresenting the company in any way, saying, oh, on behalf of Watsi, this, that, and the other. It's just based on the fact of who she was following they disagreed with as a company, and they're like, later, no more paycheck. Which is really fucking lame when you think about it, because who knows why she was following these people. Maybe, I don't know, I'm just throwing stones in the dark here, but perhaps she wants to hear the story from more than one side. Perhaps. Some people do. Some people like to hear stuff from opposition. There's more than one side to a story, as some people would tell me in my youth. Maybe that's what she wanted, was more than one side to a story, and that's why she was following people like InfoWars. I don't know. Maybe she's interested in that stuff, but the fact of the matter remains, her social media account of who she was following is what got her fired, which is just absolutely bullshit. 
It's kind of like if I walk into a game store and I decide to buy a book and the game store owner decides, oh, you bought Vampire the Masquerade, you're a bad person, get out of my store, you can't shop here ever again because I don't agree with the way the writers wrote that book. It's too inflammatory. So there is that. And a lot of the folks on the new website that I've been checking out, Parlor, well, it's not actually very new, it's like two years old, regardless they're pretty much the same thing. They're, they've noticed that the gaming companies have abandoned their customers. They're doing the same thing to their customers as they did to their former artist. Is they're turning back on the people who are supporting or contributing or otherwise helping them out build their brand. And this brings us to a really weird point. So I'm going to take a puff of my cancer stick real quick and get right into it. This is helping me keep the rage calm. So yes, I know I'm giving myself cancer. It's a bad habit, all that, but... Otherwise, I'll just fly into a tangent for the next hour, and you'll be like, what the hell, this guy's crazy. But I am. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Anywho. What the case is, the game companies have been turning their back on us. We've noticed this with the new edition of Vampire the Masquerade. We've noticed this with the newest edition of Call of Cthulhu, written by independent people who are trashing the original writer yet using his works it, it, that's a whole bunch of mucky muck we've noticed this with wizards of the coast with their newest editions of dungeons and dragons we've noticed this with magic the gathering also published by wizards of the coast and even as much as i love to give them credit even cd project red has kind of thrown a little bit of virtue signaling out on twitter and hey that's their prerogative I still love the Witcher series, but if they're going to go woke like the other companies, I'm going to do the same thing I've done to EA for years and just give them a big middle finger and go retro gaming. And that's where we're at right now is people are kind of at an impasse. I mean, these big gaming companies have pretty much screwed over their client base in favor of virtue signaling or putting up a, a new profile pic that me is meaningless. I mean, woo, you put up a profile pic. How solid of you. So what do we do as gamers? And, and this podcast, of course, is primarily for gamers. I try to shy away from politics because that's a super inflammatory topic. And if we get into politics, we're probably going to start screaming at each other over who's right and who's wrong. And I just don't care for it. I, I'm... I've been tired of it for years since 2016. I'm like, okay, we've got one dude who won. He got a fair and square. Let's leave it alone. Let's move on. Let's talk about something more fun. I live in a first world country and I'm, I got potable water that comes right out of the tap. I, I should be able to take advantage of this, right? I mean, let's enjoy stuff while we have it. Okay, that, that's just going off on a tangent. That's, that's a tangent. Um, see, that, that's why I'm smoking my cancer stick because otherwise I'll just go crazy here. So, we as gamers... We pretty much have two choices right now because mainstream gaming has turned around and just screwed the pooch on the customers who built these products. Most of the major movie franchises right now are getting way too preachy and a lot of these, you know, they are based off of nerd and geekdom and fandom stuff. And now they're telling the people watching the movies, if you don't believe the narrative that we're telling you, you're a bad person. If you don't like Ray, you're sexist. If you don't like Captain Marvel, you're a sexist. If you don't like Black Panther, you're obviously a racist. And maybe, just maybe, 
we actually want good stories. We want compelling characters. Maybe we just want to sit down for an hour and a half and be entertained. You know, to shut our brains off for a little while and enjoy a story. If I want a movie that preaches to me and tells me I'm a, I'm a bad person, well, I'll just watch some classical propaganda or something. So we as gamers, we, we pretty much have two choices right now. And the first choice, and I, I just mentioned this or alluded to it momentarily a little while ago, is we can get into retro gaming. Okay, we do not need the biggest, best, most recent publication that just came out. There are plenty of games out there that have full, extensive libraries that have been fully routed out. They have plenty of third-party materials put out there by fans of the genres. You have Silver Age Sentinels if you want to do superheroes. You have Rifts RPG if you want to do multi-dimensional stuff. You have GURPS for doing anything possible. You have Chill for Horror. You have the classic second or revised editions of Vampire the Masquerade for Dark Horror. You do have choices. And a lot of these games are very well filled out. You could do Hackmaster if you wanted to. You could do Rollmaster. You could do Amber. You could do Cinnabar. There are tons of games out there in the retro uh, pipeline that you can get these books dirt cheap in many of the cases and still have a great time with your friends. You do not need the latest edition of Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition, which in my opinion is trash. But that's my opinion. You may like the game. That's great. If you if you like 5th edition, wonderful. Play with your friends, roll with it, because that's what role-playing is about, is having fun with the game setting you like. I'm just talking about other options here for the moment. And first option is retro gaming, and this also applies to your video games as well. You don't need the new PlayStation 5, which costs, last I checked, around 750 bucks. Kind of a bad time to market an expensive product, in my opinion, but whatever. You still have the older PlayStation games. You have the GameCube. You have the Sega Saturn. You have the original Genesis, if you want to go back that far. You have the SNES. You have the N64. You have the Atari Jaguar. There's other game systems out there with full and complete libraries. And before the internet really got attached to the hip with gaming, you didn't have day, uh, day one DLC. You could just get right into your game and enjoy. Just plug and play. Go. And we really don't have that much anymore. Now your games are always online, which with the latest censorship waves is kind of scary because now game line uh, uh, game lines may become under attack. Somebody may decide a certain game that was published in 2012 is no longer applicable to the morality of now, and it needs to be hashtag canceled. So if you own a physical copy of the game with an older system, that game is never going to get canceled from your personal library. Not ever. Uh, if I want to play Chrono Trigger, I can plug that into my 60, uh, my uh, Super Nintendo right now and play the crap out of it. It's never going to be canceled because I don't have an online subscription for it. Like my Steam copy of the same game, if somebody decides, oh, Chrono Trigger is a bad game, get it off of Steam, I could lose it on Steam because somebody decides to hashtag cancel Chrono Trigger, which would be horrible because that's one of the best games ever published by Square Enix. Uh, then, at the time, Squaresoft, of course. So retro gaming does give us options when it comes to our video games, our card games, our tabletop games, our board games. And like I mentioned, you have a full and complete library already out there. You're not going to get new games, true. 
But the games that you do have, some of these libraries are just so extensive that it could take the rest of your lifetime just to build a complete full collection for the game system you like. We don't need the latest and greatest. And with role-playing games going so damn woke, it's pretty much a viable option right now just to walk into a bookstore that sells books uh, cheaper than normal, go on eBay, get books cheaper than normal, uh, you can buy direct from the distributor in many cases, like with Steve Jackson Games, as uh, aforementioned, or Palladium Games. You can buy the older books, straight up, and brand new copies at that. If you really want to buy brand new copies of books, and these games are already established, and most of them have massive, massive, already pre-generated worlds. So, you could go with the older Paizo books of Pathfinder before they tried to rip off 5th edition very horribly. And right out of the box, you just only need the three uh, core books and any of the world books or invent your own world, and you're good to go. The library is complete. The errata's there. They have a D20 PFSRD you can log into to check on errata or expanded rules. Easy breezy. Our other choices, gamers... And this is the one that we're probably going to have to go with eventually, uh, other than retro gaming. As we as gamers, we're basically born in the, the dining room. We are the knights of the dinner table, okay? And where did we all start out with? We started around war gaming. We started around the tables in the basement, the attic, uh, the den, the cellar, the spare uh, bedroom, if you were rich and had a spare bedroom, the living room, whatever. We all started off somewhere in the house that was away from the normies, so to speak. You know, mom and dad or the big brother. And we just sat down with friends and just fucking gamed, didn't we? But we didn't have a full and complete really big set of rule books at the time. Like D&D, when it first started getting popular, yes, there was interest in it. But then somebody said, you know what, I want to create a game... That's going to be cowboys in the Wild West with Cthulhu monsters. And it wasn't available. So what did they do? They wrote that book. Somebody said, you know, I want to play a role-playing game just like this, but I want superheroes instead. Again, they wrote that book. And we as gamers, uh, we're going to have to sit down and think, you know, is it going to be worth it to sit down and write our own game materials eventually uh, without all the wokeness and all the preachiness that goes into a game telling us that you know if we don't play our characters a certain way or if we play characters with a certain ism to them then it's reflective on the player and they're a bad person uh which is actually really super illogical to make that logic leap but some people do it uh, some people definitely go out of their way to say oh you you play only these characters therefore you're you know closet racist or some stuff and you'd be like no i'm trying to see the world from behind the viewpoint of a character who has nothing in common with me uh that's one of the strange parts is how much creativity and insight into other people uh we gamers have is we we do try some of us especially the ones that fall in the thespian category really try to take on the roles of the characters and try to see the world through a set of eyes that we don't have you know, there's that whole adage, walking behind somebody else's, or walking in someone else's shoes. My bad. Anyway, what I'm getting on with this is with all these companies going woke, if your game group decides to write a role-playing game that is based on your group, of course, you're going to try to want to make it fair and balanced. 
uh, by the core mechanics and all that, but you have a lot of room to do what you want, and that's how gaming started, was just a bunch of friends sitting around one afternoon, and they decided, you know what, this would be great to take on the roles of these characters and run them through adventures. And yes, we, we've gotten kind of uh, lazy with this in recent decades, where... You know, we can just go out and buy a book. There's pretty much a flavor for everything. There's undersea adventures, pirate adventures, space adventures, cowboy adventures, um, cowboys with Cthulhu adventures. That is legit. Uh, you have pretty much a, a flavor of everything, so we really don't need to invent these things for ourselves anymore. Unfortunately, as more and more companies go woke, this is an option, especially now with publishing and self-publications uh, self really being easier now than they ever have before. Uh, there are many different ways you could self-publish. A lot of the writers I talk to when I go to conventions, uh, uh, shit, I would say at least 50% of them are self-published. Now, there's this fantastic gal I met, um, older lady, and she's got this entire book series that she's, you know, written by herself. She's uh, edited it and recompiled it, made sure, you know, it, everything that was in her mind wound up on some pages so the reader can read and interpret what she wanted to tell for the story. And I looked through some of the chapters and it's really fantastic writings and all of the stuff, it's like a seven series book uh, set, all of it self-published. So she did not have to go to a publisher and be like, hey, here's a submission for my book and then have them send back the draft and force her to rewrite it and go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth until they go, okay, we got a printable final product here we can put on the shelves. She may not be a New York Times bestseller, but she is an accomplished author and she is published and she is making money on the side from making her own books and stories and, and publishing them and distributing them all by herself. So we as gamers have this as an option. Self-publishing is easier now than it was 20 years ago. Uh, sure, 20 years ago we could do it, but it wasn't that great. But now there's entire websites devoted just to writing. Uh, entire websites teach us how to do publications. There's also websites to teach us, uh, you know, for a small nominal fee, you know how to do better at writing or how to organize a group for writing. So... It is definitely a viable option that we as gamers may need to, at some point in time, sit down and be like, I'm tired of Dungeons & Dragons telling me I have to play characters this way, or I'm getting tired of them making choices that are virtue signaling, obviously virtue signaling, or I'm getting tired of game publishers who have people on staff who claim everybody else is a racist based on the color of their skin and they should all die and get away with it because if like the color that they predominantly attack right now if you were to just change that out with any other color or uh, biological demographic they would get shit canned in a heartbeat but it's okay to hate on certain people right now because it's not racist magically so we do have game companies that are turning against us you know that they're telling they're basically going, oh, all white men who buy our books are neckbeard basement dwellers, which is just absolutely untrue as fuck. Some of the most successful people in Hollywood are gamers right now. So they're turning their back on us. They're virtue signaling like a motherfucker. So in short, our two options here is either just to tell them to eat a fucking bag of donkey dicks. And I'm sorry for my vocabulary here on this one, because I know it is a serious topic, but I'm, re I'm really riled up. 
The other option we have is to write our own stuff. It'll take more time. Uh, but if you write a book, uh, any kind of gaming book, and decide you want to publish it, you can do it now. It's easy. You don't need to attach your name to a big house publisher. Uh, like, for example, Hole, Human Occupied Landfill, which was published around 2000, I would say 1999, 2000, uh, in that area. It, the original game was written by a bunch of guys basically sitting around Denny's, sipping coffee, and they just decided, you know, make fun of everything role-playing, put it together in a role-playing game. And yes, they did submit it to Black Dog Game Factory, who turned around and published it. But now, you could have a bunch of guys sitting around at Denny's, they could decide to make a game, have a lot of fun making the game, and then they could just throw it up online and publish it. There are definitely ways to go about that. I have not researched in depth about it. Um, I do have some writer friends who have given me hints and tips, and then I got distracted because there was a dragon in my face, and it had to die. Because um, I'm a gamer, and I like killing dragons. It's one of the things I think about. So... Uh, going on that, it is pretty strange, and this is my uh, parlor episode, so this episode is actually for anybody who decides to uh, check it out on parlor primarily. Uh, I have done some thinking about this, and I am not going to actually publish this on any of our websites right now that are currently being censored. Um, so it's not going up on Facebook. I'm not hot linking it there. I'm not hot linking it on Twitter. I am not hotlinking it on Reddit. Any website that is right now supporting any form of censorship, I am not linking to that. It's just going on like basically our core RSS feed and going to be linked to Parler because you guys are actually pretty awesome. I got to admit, uh, the short time I've been on Parler, um, I have had some people that normally I would get into a fight with them. Uh, just walk up, say hello, hold out their hand, shake my hand and be like, Enjoy it while you're here, have fun, say what you like to say, and we can feel free to disagree, let's talk about it, and I find that very refreshing, actually. So I am glad to have dipped my toes in the swimming pool of the parlor community, meet some of you guys, and, you know, just open up a dialogue about whatever. Uh, of course, I'm a gamer, so most of my uh, stuff that I will be talking about on parlor is going to be gaming-related, because we gamers... Um, I think everybody, I'm not going to speak for everybody on this one, but I think the general overall feeling is none of us really wanted to get political. I certainly didn't, but politics, especially identity politics, were injected into our games without us wanting them there. We do like politics in our games, sure, as long as it's like in-lore game politics. If you have two people in, say, Pathfinder RPG, one is from Ustengrav, and another one is from Cheliax, and they decide to start arguing over which king is better, or which queen is better, or which country has the better laws overall for the populace, that's great. That is awesome. I support that, because that's in-game lore 100%. It's the other politics that get injected into it, the real-life politics. So I, I think you know where I'm going on that one right there. And a lot of us are seeing this, uh, like with EA especially, Bethesda's been doing it for a while. Uh, Manver Hare is a son of a bitch. Yeah. I'm not even human, so I can say that. I was human once. Then humans kind of fucked that up. 
fucking humans. Anyway, regardless, that that's that, okay. Okay, fine. I'm being a bit of a humanist. I'll call myself out on that one. But that guy, I just just if he fell out of a window by accident from a very large building, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. But I'm not saying. If he fell out of a window to an untimely sidewalk, it really wouldn't stress me out at all. Not one bit. You know, if there was not enough of him left to scrape up with a spatula. Which is actually one of the few human inventions I really do like, actually, is a spatula. Those things are amazing. And that's one of the few reasons that us goblin kind haven't run away from your human cultures and societies is spatulas. Goddamn, those things are amazing. <clears throat> so anyway, I'm going off on a tangent here. But to wrap it around, the gaming industry has turned its back on us. And even now, other game companies are getting called out. They're, they're getting shown to be hypocrites in a way. Uh, it's really easy to look at Cards Against Humanity, especially some of the articles that are coming out lately and some of the names that are attached to Cards Against Humanity and what some of these names have been doing for years to f screw up things for gamers. Because um, apparently Gamergate is not about journalism having any sort of integrity, but whatever. Um, anybody who's looked in the Gamergate, knows exactly what it's all about, knows what it means, they've been there since the beginning, and that is what spawned me actually taking a microphone and screaming at people. So, this episode, of course, is short. Uh, it's only going to be 30 minutes long, uh, because I don't have the other guys with me, and I really would prefer to have their voices on the microphone, too, to give their viewpoints, their thoughts, their opinions. Uh, the Blunt Force Gamers, of course, is me. Uh, Game Goblin, it's also Darth Blasphemous, the Hispanic Mechanic, Kazrakan, the Lord Dragon, and the Moniker. Um, but due to real-life problems, mostly pandemic side, the other three are a bit busy right now, so I'm flying solo this week. And I really would prefer to have them here because politics and games, I'm sure Kazrakan would get lit up in a heartbeat. He hates it. So, to wrap it around short, brusque, real quick, we have two choices. My fellow gamers, the time has come. I, Game Goblin, call upon you, my fellow dice-rolling constituents. Please, take notice of what's going on in the gaming community. Take notice of how game companies like Wizards of the Coast have turned their backs upon you. How gaming companies like Electronic Arts are selling you overpriced crap and then crapping on you at the same time. Take notice how companies like GameStop will refuse service to you under certain auspices and also treat their employees like garbage. Side note, ha! My fellow gamers, it is time for us to return to the basement. That's what I'm trying to say here, is it's time for us to vote with our wallets, to pull back, to stop supporting these goddamn game companies, to tell them to eat a spicy bag of hickory-smoked horse buttholes. It is time for us to 
Stop throwing money at game companies who are going to be preachy and virtue signaling, no matter how bright, shiny, and new the game material book is, because we have over four decades worth of books now. We can go all the way back to 1970, 1980, 1990, and there are tons of books from every decade we can explore. There are countless worlds out there, not just in our own minds, but also in the books. We can craft our own stories, our own narratives. All we need is friends and some time. <clears throat> just bring over some friends and do role-playing like role-playing should be, and that's just to enjoy the damn game, not to get all preachy. And let anybody who demands that all this politi political crap get injected into it, let them buy the books. All right, Let the companies sell books to them, because they will make a fuck-ton less money. They already are losing money on trying to cater to the individuals who are demanding all these changes. But you know what? They're making the bed. Let them sleep in it for a fucking change. Because I'm tired of throwing money at game companies who tell me I'm a bad person because I want to sit down, roll dice, and have a good time with my friends. And I think it's time for us gamers to basically give them the middle finger and walk off. And if things get bad enough, I will return to my home country at Goblinia and let all you humans just devour each other, because whatever. Whatever. But those are two options out there. Make your own games or go retro. Just as long as you know we remember. That's what gaming was originally for, was to have a good time, to be entertained. That's it. Nothing more. That is pretty much my pointless rant. With a point. And stuff. Anyway, this is a short 30-minute episode this week because I don't have the other guys with me. So I'm going to cut it here, let you guys get all back to your daily lives. Hopefully things will return to a sense of normalcy here soon so we can all band together and start screaming that Star Wars is garbage in unison once again. Except for uh, the guy who played Kylo Ren. He's actually pretty cool, Adam Driver. Uh, if you ever meet him, the guy is just fucking wonderful. Uh, he, he's great. Uh, but his character sucks. Uh, but, you know, they threw money at him. Whatever. Guy's gotta eat. So, Adam's a cool dude. Character sucks. That's pretty much the point in a short heartbeat there. So, uh, to those who are listening on Parlor, thank you for taking your time to listen to uh, this week's episode. If you have any other topics you want me to cover, go ahead. Feel free to email us. Uh, we have four seasons of this stuff. And it's not just me running solo. It's actually me and the gang doing stuff. Uh, behind the microphone, so yeah. Um, Game Goblin, going back to my crypt. Ta-ta. Excuse me, I believe you have my stapler.